Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Duval Till We Pod. My name's Daniel Griffiths with me, JC. How's everything going? Nobody cares. Probably true. But as the great Benjamin Solek says, everything is delicious. That's what they say. So last week we talked about uh, the number 24, 24th overall pick and some options there for, for Jacksonville. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of edge rushers and corners, and today's going to be a similar thing. Whichever one they don't take in the first round, they're probably going to take on day two. Um, so last week we looked at a lot of first round options at corner and edge rusher. This week we're going to look at a, a lot of second round and third round guys who, who the Jaguars could potentially target, uh, as well as uh, three offensive players that we'll get into as well. But uh, do, you, do you have any any thoughts on uh, what the Jaguars have done this week? Maybe maybe a restructure that got them some money? Yeah, so uh, we freed up a little over $5 million today. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins, a guy that many thought would be a restructure candidate earlier in the offseason. Um, but then it kind of seemed less likely because maybe he wouldn't be in the plans past uh, 2023. Um, but Rayshon Jenkins did restructure his contract today, so that makes five Jaguars that have restructured this offseason, um, not to mention the extensions for a couple other guys. So we, we've worked to free up some cash. Um, and it's interesting to see where where Trent Baalke goes with this. You know, he already had about $10 million in cap space before today that many assumed would be uh, allocated towards the draft class. Uh, but now he's got, you know, an extra, you know, couple mil to play with. And um, people are already speculating, will he attempt to bring in a veteran pass rusher uh, or DB before uh, the draft? Um, and I'm not going to assume we are. Um, I've been burned this offseason already, kind of. Knowing it'd be quiet, but uh, assuming we would do a few things that haven't happened, uh, some smaller moves. Uh, we've added, you know, a couple of depth O-line pieces this week, um, but still nothing major, nothing that's going to be newsworthy that's, uh, you know, we added offensive linemen this week that, like, we tweeted about. They weren't even tw- – like, the Jaguars, not even, like, Schefter or Rappaport. Like, they were very, very low-key moves. Um but, no, it's it's interesting to see because the timing is interesting. You know, we're, we're now less than – as of the time of this recording, it's um, 10.43 Eastern time. So, right now in three weeks, the Jaguar, Jaguars will have already made most likely their number 24 overall pick. Um, so, the timing is interesting to do it so close to the draft when there are still some, as you and I have discussed, some quality uh, veteran free agents still available. Uh, especially at edge rusher. Uh, there are some names that everybody knows that are still available at edge rusher. Guys like Yannick Ngakwe, which who will never play here again, but it's a pipe dream for me. Uh, Frank Clark is also available. Leonard Floyd is also available. So there are some there are some names uh, that we wouldn't be like reaching at the bottom of the barrel to grab. These are guys that people know that are respected, that still have uh, some things in the tank. Uh, so uh, it's interesting timing. It's a good move uh, for the Jaguars. Um, money. Money is a good thing to have. Um, I like money. In the words of uh, the wedding singer, I like money. I have a little. I keep it in a jar of my refrigerator. So uh, Trent Baalke added to that jar today. And so it'll be interesting to see if he's got anything planned for it, if it's just additional wiggle room uh, pre-draft. Yeah, we're sitting at about $15 million, I think. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he does something before the draft. I would like to. 
but I'm not holding my breath there. Um, but I guess we'll get right into it. Uh, I'll start with the offensive guys to target at 56 and 88, or second and third round picks. Uh, Jaguars may not even pick there. Who knows? You know, the draft is always a fluid thing. But uh, three offensive guys I have on my list, and they all play the same position, tight end. Uh, we're looking at Sam Laporta, tight end from Iowa, Zach Kuntz, tight end from Old Dominion, and Tucker Kraft, uh, tight end from South Dakota State, uh, the Jackrabbits, uh, one of my favorite mascots in sports. Uh, you know, these are three day two guys who could make come in and, and be really immediate impact players. Um, you know, you're always going to have Evan Ingram be – the go-to guy at tight end, but uh, the Jaguars system heavily favors tight ends um, and, and multi-tight end sets. And I don't trust only having Luke Farrell in the room right now with uh, Evan Ingram. So I, I think the Jaguars will need a piece in the tight end room. And I, and I think that they add that through the draft and there's a lot of good ones in this one. Yeah, I'm adamant. Uh, and you know, cause me and you talk a lot about it. Um, and anybody that follows me on Twitter, knows that I am adamant about the Jags adding a tight end in this draft. Um, I think it's an absolute must. Uh, I don't think there's any other way around it. Um, this year, you know, Doug Peterson loves tight ends. You know, we've we've seen that throughout his coaching career. Um, this year, we carried four tight ends the whole season on the active roster. Every game. I don't think we ever had a game where one was inactive. I think it was always four with Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, Chris Manhurts, and Luke Farrell. 50% uh, of that is gone. You know, uh, Dan Arnold is still a free agent as of the time of this pod. Uh, and Chris Manhurts, pretty early in free agency, signed a two-year deal with the Denver Broncos. Uh, so, you have to add to that room. And I've had some people on Twitter try to tell me, oh, well, you know, we'll be fine. We have Evan Ingram's a top-five pass-catching tight end. And I was like, yeah, he was this year, which is great. I love Evan Ingram. I want him locked up for three or four more years. Um, but if one little thing goes wrong with him physically – then it's Luke Farrell, and then you're getting into guys that were on the practice squad last year, like Garrett Prince, who was an undrafted free agent at a UAB last year, um, who is a very good player, I'm sure. He's in the NFL for a reason, but hasn't been active for an NFL game yet, to my knowledge. So you're putting a lot of stake in that in an offense that heavily favors uh, the tight end position. You stole my words. Um, sir? You stole my words. <laughs> uh, but – so the three guys you named, I, I love all of them. Uh, Sam Laporta did a ton of different things at Iowa. If you watch his highlights in his film, um, he lined up at X receiver. He lined up in the backfield some. He lined up more as a true wing and attached tight end in the slot. I mean, he, he does a lot of things and does them very well. Uh, I like him a lot, and I'm starting to have work. I'm starting to have thoughts that he may not even be there at forty at uh, fifty six when we draft in the second round. Um, it's all going to depend on really how early someone takes a stab at uh, Darnell Washington out of Georgia, because I think he's going to be that third tight end to go after Kincaid and uh, Mayer. Uh, so it's going to, I don't think Laporte is going to be there, but the other two are guys that I would be pounding the table for either at 56 or 88. Uh, Zach Kuntz is flying up boards, a freaky, freaky athlete. I think he was a 10, if he I'm was. not mistaken. He passed Pitts. Yeah, out of Old Dominion, um, which, you know, as, as we've seen, the whole, like, small school thing is, like, dead and buried in the NFL. I mean, Cooper Cup went 
was an FCS player, you know, uh, and the guy that I'm about to mention was also an FCS player and also went to South Dakota State the same as Mr. Kraft. And that was when Doug Peterson was entering his third year as the Eagles head coach, and he had a very good tight end uh, in Zach Ertz, just like we have a very good tight end in Evan Ingram. And he went to South Dakota State and got Dallas Goddard. So it'd be really interesting to see if we possibly, having a very good tight end in Evan Ingram, dipped Doug Peterson once again, dipped into the Jackrabbit well and brought in Mr. Kraft to join Evan Ingram in Jacksonville and gives a, and give himself another really nasty two tight end, pass catcher tight end combo. Uh, we haven't seen a ton, obviously, of Luke Farrell as a pass catcher. He only has a few in his career. Um, had a big first down catch. Was it, I think it was Baltimore on that final drive. Like, during the comeback, he had a big first down catch randomly. Um, but he doesn't catch the ball often. You know, he, he plays a lot on special teams. He gets used as a blocker. Um, but if you can add uh, a Zach Koontz, if you can add a Sam Laporta, who I'm not sure will actually have a chance to unless we trade up, or you add a Tucker Craft. Uh, that room gets a whole lot better. And you know me, I'm a huge tight end guy. Tight ends and fullbacks, which the fullback is dying and basically dead at this point. Um, but tight ends are still alive and well. And um, that position is a position of need, regardless of what some people think. I know that edge and corner are, are getting just repeatedly vomited out by draft Twitter that are Jags fans. And they are needs, and we have to address them. But, but to me, I put tight end third honestly, on our needs list, slightly ahead of offensive line. But that's that's just me. I, I'm a huge tight end nerd, and I understand how much Doug Peterson, as somebody who played for Doug Peterson, I understand how much he values that position. Yeah, there, there's. I, I think Sam Laporta will be there. Um, I, th- I hope so. I think, I think Luca Musgrave is the fourth one off the list, and then you get into Laporta after that. Uh, Luke Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, interesting prospect. I I, I haven't talked about him, but uh, he's a guy that really hasn't played much football at all. Was supposed to have a big year this year and got injured, and then you're kind of banking off what he did. And I think it was two two or three games. Um, so that, he's going to be interesting to, to to see where he goes. Incredible athlete, um, Zach Coons, like you mentioned, ten point RAS, fantastic athlete, literally the best tight end ever athletically. Um, but mo- moving on to the defensive side of the ball, I got two defensive linemen here, which I I would put defensive line over tight end, personally, in in my needs. Uh, I I think the Jaguars could definitely get better and stronger up front, and these two guys would definitely help. Keanu Benton, Wisconsin defensive lineman, and Jervon Dexter, who's an absolute mammoth from Florida, and. Uh, I think both of these guys, their best days are ahead of them in the NFL. Two guys that, you know, Keanu Benton's a little more of a, you kind of know what you're getting with him. And Javon Dexter is is guy that you, you're really hoping develops into what Florida um, had recruited him for. And, uh, and maybe see some flashes there uh, as a past, uh, past um, disruptor. Yeah, and you know Javon Dexter's a guy that we talked about uh, last episode uh, that you and I both really like. Um, people, some some will say that his arms don't fit the bulky mold, um, but his athleticism definitely does. He was a nine five two RAS. 
he um, the only place that he didn't score above average in was the bench press, which was slightly low for a defensive lineman. Uh, he only had tw- I say only had twenty two reps, but neither one of us <laughs> could could get anywhere close, even even during our youth. Um, but you know he he's a guy that I really like. That obviously, as much as I as much disdain as I have for the Florida Gators, I, I can put it aside for a good prospect for the Jags. And uh, Javon Dexter is just a manimal. Um, like I said, really good RAS score, freaky athlete. He has the arms that Balky would probably consider short. Would he go against the grain of what he looks for as kind of a physical makeup there for a really good prospect that I think is going to get drafted um, earlier than expected. He's continuing to kind of creep it up boards. Um, and then, you know, Keanu Benton, like you said, another guy who's very athletic. Uh, he was an 886 uh, on the RAS, which is nothing to shake a stick at. Uh, he was pretty much average at everything. He was in the yellow. Um, his He had a green three-cone and a green broad jump. So that shows you in his three-cone and broad jump that big boy can move. Uh, and so he's very athletic, um, very good score, uh, pretty good arm length. Um, again, the you know the that's a important thing to to apparently to Trent Balky. Uh, so those are two guys that I really really like. I know more about Dexter just because of watching so much SEC football uh, than I do Keanu. Um, but either one of them, you know, Javon is on both of our lists of wish lists for the Jags. Both guys that we really like. Obviously, you've watched him a ton as a Florida fan. Uh, so either one of those guys in the second or third round, we should be pretty stoked for because we are, and that's the thing that me and you have discussed plenty is we already have a pretty good defensive line group. Um, when you go from interior to the big ends to the stand-up guys, um, I like everybody. You know, I love Devon Hamilton. I, Roy Robertson Harris started playing really huge in the second half of this past season. Um, you know, I wish we could have ch- kept J2 Fele, but that's a different conversation. Um you know, you expect Trevon Walker to be better. You know, you expect Josh Allen in a contract year to uh, step things up and be really good, especially if he gets some added help along the defensive front uh, to maybe take some pressure off of him. But he made some huge plays um, towards the end of the season. Obviously, the the scoop and score against Tennessee will make his beers free in Jacksonville for the rest of his life. Uh, so... Uh, adding to the D-line is important, and I agree. Like, you have it ahead of tight end. I don't strictly because, like, I have edge in front of tight end, so I do want to address the front. Um, but interior defensive line is something that I know the Jaguars are focusing on. Uh, just basically on reading the tea leaves with some top 30 visits. Um, there's a lot of defensive front players that have come in for visits so far, so you can see it's a position that they are really focusing on and taking seriously. And so you're talking about two football players that quickly make us better. And, you know, as a good man once said, good football players are a nice thing to have. A couple other guys that I wanted to give mention to, Zach Pickens out of South Carolina, as well as uh, Byron Young from Alabama, two guys that I also expect to go day two. um, And maybe you see the Jaguars look at them at pick 88. Uh, moving on to edge rusher, a guy that I really think could fit that Smoot role uh, with Smoot being uh, hitting free agency. Uh, Keon White, big, big dude, um, freaky athlete from Georgia Tech. Guy that's really caught some steam here since uh, the end of the season. 
Georgia Tech obviously doesn't get a whole lot of love, um, but uh, when you can move as well as he does at uh, at his size for an edge rusher, you're, you're certainly going to get looks. Yeah, um, and uh, 991 yeah. RAS. Big um, the only Yeah, the only thing that he got knocked for was his weight. Uh, he was 285, and so he got knocked for that. Do they have um, him at defensive tackle? They have him listed as a defensive tackle. Okay. I'm sure that's why his weight is listed as um, – but I assume for us he would probably be that maybe big end in the 3-4. Yeah, yeah which, which is something we need. Um, we need more pass rush from that position. Um, you know, in 285, I love how that's like, ah, he's only 285. What what a tiny human. Um, but really good broad jump. I mean. Explosive. Yeah, he ran a 4.7 at 285. 34-inch uh, arms. Um, looks like he did not um, participate in some of the agility tests or the bench, which really doesn't matter to me. Uh, the tape kind of tells you all you need to know. He's another guy that's really getting a lot of love and attention. Um, he's going on quite a few top 30 visits, which means teams are interested in kind of vetting him further. Uh, he ranked 14 uh, out of 1,496 defensive tackles uh, since 1987 on RAS. Um, so, like you said, he's probably more of a 3-4 D end than actual defensive tackle. I don't think he's a nose by any means. But he's another guy that um, – Probably, I mean, I mean, there's good chances any that he won't be there at 56 for us. Uh, but he is a darling of draft Twitter right now. He's getting a lot of love, deservedly so. I mean, obviously, great production in a, in a in a tough conference. You know, the ACC's kind of gotten some some laughs their way in the last couple of years because obviously, it just seems like ever since Trevor Lawrence left, the ACC's not as good or maybe not as talked about as it once was. Um, but you're starting to see a little bit of a resurgence there. I mean, Florida State had a really good season. Uh, Clemson had another good season. Um, I don't know what's going on with schools like Miami that were obviously once dominant, um, but you'll probably expect to see Miami make a uh, a return at some point. Um, but no, Keon, Keon White's an incredible player that I think can do a lot of different things. The fact that he could play more on the interior, can he fill that Arden Key interior rush role on third downs? Um, he's certainly athletic enough to do so. Uh, so I think he can fill multiple voids, like you said, Smoot's role as the big end, and then maybe Arden Key's interior rush guy on um, passing downs. Yeah, it's three other guys uh, at Ed Rusher I wanted to uh, talk about. Derek Hall from Auburn, who's kind of he, – he's been there a while now. Um, I think he's, he's 24 or 25. Uh, you'll have to double-check me on that one. I know he's been at Auburn for quite some time. Zach Harrison, who I feel like has been in draft discussion for three years now, um, way back to when he was a rotational player for the the Chase Youngs of the world, and then Byron Young from Tennessee, uh, as people want to call the good Byron Young. I think that they're both fine players, um, but Byron Young is a freak athlete from Tennessee. Got really long arms. I'm sure he's someone that uh, that Trent Balky is going to look at. Yeah, uh, so I believe you're thinking of someone else because Derek Hall just turned 22. Really? Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. been there for a while. Um, you know, he has been there since 2019. Okay. So he was obviously a, an extremely young freshman, yeah. uh, which probably shows that he was probably a pretty good student. Uh, so Derek Hall, uh, yeah, like you said, um, you know, back-to-back -back years being all SEC, first team this year, second team in 2021. 
uh, listed at 6'3", 256. Uh, another really good player. Um, his RAS is a 937. Uh, he tested po- poorly, quote unquote, in height and weight, but everything else was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's on the lighter side. Yeah, but he was listed at, I mean, shoot, a 981 in his 40, a 989 in his 10 yard splint, an 844 in his shuttle, a 968 in his broad jump. Like, I mean, this dude's an athlete, um, and he's playing against arguably the best offensive lineman in the country. Um, you know, obviously, SEC football is king, as we all know. You can make an argument for Big Ten O-linemen because there are so many good ones every single year. Um, but he's playing in the toughest conference at a very tough position. You know, there's a lot of really, really good offensive linemen in the SEC, and Derek Hall – uh, was able to perform extremely well. Uh, getting a 937 RAS, I mean, it's just nuts to show you how athletic he is. Uh, and then, like you said, Byron Young from Tennessee. Um, like you said, jokingly, the good Byron Young, as people like to say. Both Byron Youngs are very good players. Uh, but the one from Tennessee, though, is the one I'm more interested in for the Jaguars. Uh, he's another guy that performed extremely well athletically. He was a 923. Um, again, his knock was height and weight. Mm-hmm. How long were his arms? Remember? Um, I remember they were long. Uh, 32 and a half. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah um, but again, he was a 4-4-40. He was a 1-5 in his 10-yard split. Um, he had a, an 11 on the broad jump. I mean, he, he he's – these edge rushers are – A lot of nines most, out there. Yeah, they're, the, this edge class just has so many freaky athletes in it. Um, <clears throat> and that's why, like – if we don't draft an edge at 24, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna trip. If we don't draft one at, tw- at 56, I still may not be tripping. If we don't get one by 88, I will start to worry. Um, but we can literally take an edge in the third round. That'll be a day one impact guy because it's a really good class. I think at edge, I think at tight end, and I think at corner, which you know, ironically, are all positions of need for the Jaguars, are all really good in this draft class. Um, and so I think that we really don't have to feel forced in any position at any time and just kind of, you know, let the let the board speak to you, as I'm pretty sure Trent Balky said on the hunt last year, uh, let the board speak to you, uh, which sounds like such a thing Trent Balky would say. Uh, but I, I really think that this is this year that it's true. I think he can kind of sit back and just let it play out. Now, granted, if you want a guy, go get him. I know he says he doesn't anticipate making another trade. Um, but he did it last year, and it's a trade that maybe so far doesn't look like a home run yet, uh, but it's one that I expect I to be really good. I don't even understand how you would have any understanding of whether you're going to move up or not at this point. I mean, that's just uh, – who knows? I mean, it's it's just GM talk, as you know. And Yeah, yeah. But why 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 wouldn't you say you're open <laughs> to moving? I don't know. I feel like that gives you more leverage. Yeah. I know the rumors were that they tried like heck to trade the number one pick last year. No one wanted it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, Heaven forbid there wasn't just one really good quarterback last year. We would have gotten a King's ransom for that first pick and probably still got Trevon Walker at like six or seven or something. Probably. Did you have, uh, did you have an RAS for Zach Harrison at Ohio state? Um, no, I can get one fairly quickly because, uh, at Math Bomb, our guy Kent on Twitter. I always want to give him. He's like, uh, other than Jim Nagy, I think he's our most celebrated uh, 
NFL draft guy uh, just because, I mean, it, it just the fact that he's got it for every prospect. Um, no, but Zach Harrison was an 8-7-0. Um, did not run the 40. Um, didn't do well in his shuttle or three cone. Uh, very good vertical. Very good broad jump. Uh, good height and above average on the weight and bench. He had 36-inch arms. Ooh. 36 and a quarter. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and 10-inch hand size. Oh. Yeah. Long. So, so he's a long one. So uh, knock, knock. Trent Balky, are you there? Yeah. Uh, that's that's, that's going to be a guy that Trent's watching. Yeah. And he's a guy that I've mocked to the Jags a bunch in my own kind of personal, you know, board at work mocks. Um, I, I, he's there at 88 a lot. I don't be. know if he will be in reality. He'll go in the top um, seventy-five. So maybe, I mean, but trading up from eighty-eight to seventy-five is probably very easy money. Fifth-round pick, especially. Well, we don't have a fifth this year, but we do have multiple sixth-round picks, so we can probably make it happen pretty easy. Maybe trade our second, fourth for another team's fifth and move up ten spots, and you know, kind of just play that game. Uh, but he's another guy that fits the bulky mold for sure. I'm not sure why he didn't run. Uh, was he maybe anticipating not a very fast forty? Was he maybe had? Does he maybe did he maybe have some sort of uh, injury that would have kept him from running the forty or something like that? Arms too um, long. Yeah, his arm his arms are too long to run the forty. It would have slowed him down. But uh, Zach Harrison's another good one, man. Like I said, I I can't I can't say enough good stuff about this edge class. Um, and it's a good year for the Jags to need one, but not necessarily need to take one with the first pick that they have. Similarly to the edge class, like you mentioned, the corner class is fantastic on on all three days, really. Um, you know, there's there's some guys that uh, aren't getting talked about as much that I think are really good players. You know, the Jaguars met with Terrell Smith from Minnesota, who's probably going to be a day three guy, but an excellent beginning of the day three guy. Um, but I wanted to to look at Emmanuel Forbes, who does not get enough love. Fantastic athlete, he has. Uh, I am T machine. He has the most pick sixes in CFB history. I believe it's either six or seven pick sixes in uh, in NCAA history. Fantastic. Guess knows how to get his hands on the ball. Clark Phillips, who's similar to Brian Branch in the sense that you you kind of know what you're getting. Um, there's not a whole lot of athlete there. There's not a whole lot of size there, but what you know what you're getting and, and you're okay with that. You're good with that. Dude, dude's really solid football player. Can play in the slot force immediately. Day one starter, good to go. Put him in there. He'll succeed. Um, played, played really well this past year. One of, one of the PAC 12s best, if not the best, even with Christian Gonzalez there. Uh, and lastly, DJ Turner. Who's five eleven and change? Played at uh, Michigan, had had really good uh, year this past year. Faced some of the Big Ten's best. You know, there's there's a lot of lot of wide receiver talent at Ohio State, and and you got Jaden Reed at, at Michigan State. So uh, I'm I'm really excited for some of these day two corners. Uh, there's there's several more that I could mention. Tyreek Stevenson. Um, You've got Julius Brents is going to go uh, either late day one or, or or sometime in the early day two. Uh, you've got guys like Terrell Smith, Darius Rush from South Carolina, uh, Cam Smith from South Carolina. 
a lot, a lot of good guys there, but I wanted to highlight these three, Emmanuel Forbes, Clark Phillips, and, and DJ Turner, who could all be options for us at 56. Yeah, and um, again, luckily Kent created uh, this week a thread of all the cornerback RASs to make it nice and handy. Uh, so DJ Turner was a 9-5-9. Um, the only place he didn't do well were the things that he really can't control. It's This is between God and genetics is his height and weight. Um, everything else was really, really good. Uh, did not participate in uh, agility testing or the bench press, um, which I don't really care how much my corners bench. Uh, I'm sure he's strong enough for what how he needs. How, how long are his arms? Uh, 30 and three quarters. Oh, okay. I was going to, if he had long arms, I was going to say that's why yeah. he didn't bench. Uh, he ran a 4 2 6. Blaze him. Yeah, he had a 38 and a half on the vertical. Blaze him. Uh, and a 10 11 on the broad. Uh, so he's real athletic. Uh, so he'd be a really good player. I think DJ can play inside or outside. Uh, I think he can play in the slot right away for us and, you know, potentially eventually take over for Darius Williams outside whenever his contract's up and then maybe we address a different player down the road to play inside. Um, Emmanuel Forbes was a 9-2-3. Uh, another guy who really his only knock was his weight because and he all, is light. He only weighs 166 pounds. All point seven seven of that was his weight knock. <laughs> yeah. What is he, uh, the point one percentile, like 10th percentile for weight? Yeah. Um, he ran a four three five. He has 32 and a quarter inch arms. Um, didn't do enti- extremely well in the broad jump based on how the other corners perform. He was a 10-4, a, a so he, he, he got a 7.6 score on that one. Um, but still, you know, an, an incredibly talented athlete, a guy that I really like. You know, like you said, he's an, he's an interception machine. I think he's outside only. Yeah, and um, like you said, the Jaguars are, you know, interested in addressing the position. They did meet with uh, Terrell Smith from Minnesota, another guy who's really moving up draft boards lately. Um, you know, he was a he was an 8'6'2 guy, so he's really athletic. He struggled a bit in the vertical and the broad, uh, but very, very fast, good height and weight, uh, long arms. Uh, so uh, the Jags are definitely addressing the position. They they have to in some way. They, they – Trent and Doug aren't going to trot Trey Herden out there to start at nickel every game again this year. They understand how important that position is because to get to the Super Bowl, you have to go through Kansas City in some way or another, and you have to have somebody that can cover Travis Kelsey. And we don't currently have that guy on the roster. Um, We have good safeties, we have good corners, but we don't have that nickel that's really going to man up with him. Um, Trey Herden can't do it. Um, and then once you, if you have to take Rayshon Jenkins and make him do it as a safety position, that's playing him kind of out of position, and that kind of puts us in a bind. I think a lot of times in our playoff game this year, Rayshon had to cover him, but I don't think that's ideally what we want our defense to do. So we need to address, you know, an inside guy that can that can handle that for us. Yeah, I, I think Forbes Forbes is a guy that really intrigues me because you don't hear a lot of Jaguars play, Jaguars fans talking about him. But, uh, you know, and his his weight is no doubt going to be an issue for some teams. I would imagine it's an issue for us, considering how uh, size-oriented some of our drafting philosophy is. But, uh, you know, I think it would be a mistake to, to completely look over a guy like Emmanuel Forbes, who's the best corner in this draft at getting his hands on the ball. You know, he's, he's a turnover machine. 
Um, like I said, he has the most pick sixes in NCAA history. And if you're looking for a guy to be a playmaker on defense, well, this is what you got. You know, similar similar to when we drafted Andre Sisco, who led college football in, in interceptions two years in a row. You know, it's uh, and that's translated to the NFL for him. He, uh, I think, I think he led our team in interceptions last year, tied. Um, so I, I would definitely look at Emmanuel Forbes. I wouldn't let the size uh, turn me off of him too much. Uh, same same deal with Clark Phillips and DJ Turner, who a little, who are all three on the lighter side, but uh, Clark Phillips and DJ Turner are a little shorter as well. Yeah, well, you know, uh, me and you sat on the pod last year and we talked about just how bad our defense was in 2021 when it came to takeaways. Um, we went a long way in improving that in 2022. Uh, you know, we had 14 interceptions in 2022. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, I think we only had like four in 2021. It's something like um, that. Yeah, but this year we had four dudes with three picks each. Mm-hmm. Uh, but only one corner, only one corner hit interception. Yeah, uh, Rayshon Jenkins had three. Devin Lloyd, ironically, had three picks, which I feel like no one ever talks about. But I think like all of them came off like tip balls and stuff like that. But hey, it was right place, right time. Um, Tyson Campbell had three. Andre Cisco had three. Trevon Walker had one. Uh, Dewey had one. Uh, so we had fourteen interceptions. And if you're adding Emmanuel Forbes to that, you can probably count on at least another three. Um, Shoot, if this year we might be three picks away from the we, AFC Championship. We need another corner to step um, up. I yeah, need but we, we need another corner to really make an and make an impact. I mean, Darius Williams is a good football player and played well for us uh, down the stretch, especially. But like we just, we just need more. You know, we need another guy to step up. Whether it's Darius in the slot and we draft an outside guy, or whether we draft a slot and Darius stays outside. Um, you know, I, I think the the brass at the top for our squad knows that, and they know that we have to improve that position. Bringing back Dewey is great. You know, he's a fan favorite. He's going to be great on special teams. He's he's due to make one massive play on defense a season. Um, you know, Trey Herndon is a guy who seems like he's going to be a Jaguar for life. Um, you know, but he's another good depth piece. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not angry at all that we brought Trey Herndon back, even though it didn't look like we were going to in free agency, um, but we did. Uh, and he's a guy that I, I like having. Um, but we, we've got to address the position, and everybody knows it. Um, it might not be in the first round because I do expect there to be a run on corners. Uh, you know, Joey Porter Jr. seems like he's sliding a little bit. Uh, could he still potentially be there at 24? Um, probably not, but Hey, could you go jump up and get him at 18, 19? Maybe, um, you know, Deontay Banks is a guy that me and you both really like. Um, I expect him to keep moving up boards as we get closer to the draft. Um, probably the third corner taken, uh, potentially after, uh, Witherspoon and Gonzalez, um, he could jump Porter. Um, but so Clark Phillips, another guy you mentioned that I, I really like also, I think he's a, he's a pro ready corner. Um, He's going to have to overcome the bad RAS score uh, because Clark Phillips was a 5'5'6". Five, five, uh, he got knocked for height and weight, not very big. Uh, he got knocked for his vertical and his shuttle time. And then his 40 was considered average. He ran a 4'5", which again makes me laugh that a 4'5 is now considered just kind of fast. Um, really, really good 10-yard split, really, really good bench for a corner, so he's a strong guy. 
Um, but he's a guy that I am personally, just like Brian Branch, I am very much willing to overlook a bad RAS score and just see a good football player when I see one. I look at him as a, in a similar mold as I did Trent McDuffie last year, who eventually uh, got drafted by Kansas City and had a really good season last year as a rookie. Um, so I, I think that Clark Phillips on this list is probably the most pro-ready player out of all the guys that we talked about, whether it's defensive line, uh, tight end, or corner. I think that as of right now, today, if I had to pick one guy to, to play football for me and succeed, it would be Clark Phillips. No, obviously, there's a lot of uh, projection involved with, with draft uh, and with the draft and scouting. But uh, Clark Phillips is one of the best football players in this draft, and I I, uh, I think that it would be foolish to overlook him simply because of his uh, his size and metrics. Um, so you know, Utah's put out some really good players. We drafted one last year. It'd be really cool to see uh, him join back with Devin Lloyd. Um, but yeah, I think this corner class really has some, some studs and, and some guys that we, we didn't mention today that, uh, are definitely worthy of being drafted at, at 56 and 88 as well. So keep your eye on this fella. Okay. Maybe not a second or third round pick might be a little bit later, but a guy that you're going to continue to see get love pre-draft is a corner out of Jackson state, Isaiah Bolden. Um, I don't know how much you've heard about Isaiah. Um, he just, you know, casually laid down a 944 RAS out of Jackson State. Um, 433 in the 40. He's got 32 and a quarter uh, inch arms. Um, he tested elite in his height, weight, vertical, broad, 40, and 10 yard split. Um, he's really, really good. And he fills multiple needs because not only is he a really good corner. Um, but he also, you know, Jamal Agnews, I believe, in the final year of his contract. Yes. Uh, he led the nation in kick return average last year per attempt, FBS and FCS. Oh, wow. Uh, so he's a guy that I really like later past, you know, uh, second or third round. But also just I wanted to mention him because he plays the corner position. Um, a guy that could possibly fill multiple roles for us. Um, you know, I know we've drafted DBs before to be returners, and they haven't really worked out as returners. You know, Chris Claybrooks obviously didn't really work out as a returner, um, which is what we drafted him to do. Um, but he's another one to keep an eye on just because I know that we're going to – I'm on team draft two corners in this draft. Uh, if you can draft a slot specialist early, if that's what you end up falling on your board and you like him, I would draft a, a true blue outside guy later. Um you know, like me and you have talked about, I'm team two DBs, two edges, and two offensive linemen. I, I'm, I'm team Riley Moss. I don't know if you know about him. I do. Iowa. It's funny as shit. <laughs> you know, so the NFL, I believe the NFL has not had a white corner since 2004 for the New York Giants. I forget the kid's name. Uh, but Riley Moss is here to break the stereotypes. Not only that, he has a mustache and a long hair. He he's the Gardner Minshew of corners. Nine six six RAS. Elite. What did he run? Like a four 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 three? Four four five. Yeah. The only thing he did poorly in was the bench press, which again, I don't care how many reps of bench my corner can do. How long are his arms? Thirty. Oh, well. But he tested elite on height. Vertical, broad, three cone, 
40 and his 10 split. Incredible athlete. It's hilarious yeah. to watch him play corner. Here to break the pattern. Shout out Jim Nagy. He also had a fantastic uh, senior bowl week. That's where I found out about him. I had no idea who he was. And then all of the uh, the draft nerds at, at uh, Mobile, Alabama were talking about, hey, look at this white corner. Dude's, dude's locking up these receivers. Um, so he's another one to keep out. Probably a round three, round four guy, but uh, no doubt talented athlete. He is basically an identical uh, athletic makeup on the RAS to Eric Stokes. So if that shows you how athletic Riley yeah, um, Moss is. Really good. So. Anything else? Uh, no, I mean, not at the corner position. Um, you know, there, there's so many good options. Like me and you were talking about, um, there's going to be a run on QBs. Uh, there's going to be four going in the first round. Even if Will Levis drops a little bit, he's still going to go in the first round. Um, if he doesn't go to the Raiders, he's going to go to right. Tennessee, Tampa, somebody, right, is going to take Will Levis. He's got so much ability. Like, even though he's not, not my favorite at all in this draft as far as quarterback goes, you can't deny that he's got a lot of really good tools. Um, you're going to see a run on corners. Uh, obviously, you know, Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez are going to go really early. Uh, but then, early. Yeah, but the uh, Deontay Banks is going to go early, and, uh, you know, Brian Branch, wherever teams really see him positionally, he's going to go early. Uh, and then you're going to see, like you said, a run on tackles, um, a potential of maybe five offensive tackles in the first round. Uh, so top of the second round is going to have such a big group of really good football players, like day one starter guys. Um, and so to me, I don't think Trimbalke needs to trade up in the first round this year. I mean, I'd love it if he did, if, he, if we could guarantee Nolan Smith, or Miles Murphy, or Luke, Lucas Van Ness, or Deontay Banks. Uh, but the odds are one of those four guys is going to be there at 24. Um, so where I love the trade-up is from 56 up to the early to mid-40s. Use one of your extra fourth-round picks to do it and grab one of these elite athletes that's going to be sitting there. Like, whatever you don't get at 24, trade up to 45 and get the other one. What do you think about a trade back to like 28, 29 and get? I love the idea of a Julius Brents. Yeah, I love the idea of a trade back. Um, You know, I see a lot of teams um, that sit behind us that could really be interesting uh, as far as trade ups go, Uh, trading up with us. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, I think Kansas City uh, probably wants to still maybe add to that offensive line. Could they want to get one of those tackles maybe to to groom to kind of be one of their guys down the road? Um, I think that Dallas is a team that might want to trade up. Um, you got to think about Hendon Hooker as well. There's a team, yeah, there's exactly. a team jump up for Hooker. Um, but Dallas at 26, maybe for a Dalton Kincaid. Uh, you know, Dalton Schultz uh, did walk. Uh, so did they replace Dalton with another Dalton at tight end? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a team like Cincinnati intrigues me as a trade up to uh, maybe grab somebody and kind of because they, they still need to like add some pieces, especially they've lost some guys uh, on the defensive side of the ball this offseason. You know, they added Orlando Brown up front, which is great, but they did lose uh, Jesse Bates. Do they maybe grab Brian Branch if he's there at 24? Uh, does Cincinnati try to make him kind of a Swiss Army knife on their defense? Um, you know, New Orleans has a 29th pick. 
I know New Orleans has shown some interest in Hendon Hooker. Does New Orleans maybe try to get up to where we're at um, if they hear rumblings of another team looking for quarterback help? Um, I think Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Dallas, all are teams. Would you be willing to trade maybe out of the first? I'd think about it. Yeah, I mean, because – I mean, you could get somebody really good. I mean, Pittsburgh at 32, Arizona at 34. I mean, it'd be a bummer to not make a pick on the first night. But, I mean, it's all about value. And I hate to sound like Trent Baalke there with, with the V word. Uh, but if you can grab another in, – in a deep draft, could you grab another third-round pick? I mean – If I'm trading back, I'm looking at two names. My, uh, not Miles Murphy. Uh, I, uh, Will McDonald and Julius yeah. Prince. Which either one I'd be, I'd be. If I'm trading back, those are the two names I'm looking at. Yeah, I'd be absolutely thrilled with either one of those. Um, They both fill positions of need. You know, you and I both sing the praises of Julius Brents all the time. Uh, Will McDonald is a guy who's come on late to the party as a first-round kind of name. But he's another guy uh, who played in the Big 12 against some really good competition. That would be really, really good. You're also looking at uh, at the start, top of round two. You're looking at you're starting to look at BJ Ojolari, another one that I love, and not and not for just bias reasons as an LSU fan, um, but like look, running the sim here, I literally get to pick twenty four, two trade offers, Dallas and Cincinnati. Um, you know, Dallas offering a a fifth and a sixth and a future third, and pick twenty six, Kansas City offering thirty one ninety five and two seventh round picks to move up. Um, I'd rather maybe have a future mid-round pick than the two sevenths. Uh, but still, I mean, even if you if you if you move back to thirty-one, so that Kansas City can grab here, they grabbed Miles um, Murphy, right? Which just isn't fair that they just keep getting better players. Um, but I'm at thirty-one, and Brian Branch is still there. Darnell Wright is there. Will McDonald is there. Um, Anton Harrison is there. Uh, Darnell Washington is there. Emmanuel Forbes is there. So, like, uh, Cam Smith is there. Uh, so, this is this is a good draft. You know, last year I feel like we kind of had to talk ourselves into a lot of prospects because it wasn't a very strong class overall, especially early. This year it's the opposite. There are guys that we can really feel ourselves getting excited about. Shoot, all the way, all the way to this, like, sixth, seventh round, I feel like there's names that we know that are well-known names that we can get excited about adding to our roster. It's not like last year where – you know, no disrespect to Gregory Jr., but I mean, we drafted a dude from Washita Baptist. We had to we had to look it up. People from Florida had no idea how to pronounce that. Um, they were like Oshitita. And like uh so it's not like last year. The talent level is drastically higher. Um, and it's something to really be excited about. We will get, I'm sure, some solid trade offers. Uh, to move back from pick 24 for one of the offensive tackles, for a guy like Hendon Hooker, if one of those corners slips a little bit. Um, it's it's going to end up being a valuable pick, which, you know, a lot of late first-round picks really aren't usually viewed as that valuable. But in a deep draft, especially at key positions, which, you know, it's a passing league. So pass rush and corner, you know, are more valuable than they were five years ago. Yeah, so don't think – don't forget about receiver too. You, you've uh, I, I expect Jackson Smith and Jigba to be the first one off the board, but you've got Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, and Quentin Johnson, and then you've got teams like Dallas. You mentioned uh, New York Giants 
These are some teams that need a receiver. Do they jump up and get one? Dallas likes Jalen Hyatt. Uh, they had him in on a, a top 30 visit. Um, Josh Downs out of North Carolina has been getting a lot of buzz. The Chiefs need receiver um, help. Cedric Tillman is shooting up boards from Tennessee. Some think he's better than Jalen Hyatt at, when it comes to NFL. I might not know, disagree. Yeah, the prospect of them in the in the NFL. Josh Downs is a really interesting case. He is not taking any top 30 visits. He has none scheduled, and he is not taking any. They say that teams kind of know all they need to know about him. They like him a lot, and they don't feel the need to vet him any further, and so he's just chilling till draft day. That was uh, – Rappaport put that out today, so it's kind of a, a rarity um, in NFL – the NFL draft process to not have any visits lined up or any workouts lined up or anything. I would try just to ride um, a private jet. Oh, for sure. And, you know, um, but Josh Downs is a guy that is projected to be, you know, maybe a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of North Carolina. So um, I hope it happens that way. I hope that it falls in our lap to where we are looking at a lot of players that we really like. Somebody gets on the phone and offers us an extra third-round pick to move up three, four spots, and we can slide back a little bit and add another top 100 player and still maybe get the guy we want. Um, I think we're in a really good position for that. Um, it's really going to come down to the first name you mentioned. Does somebody fall in love with Hendon Hooker? Um, and I think there's plenty to love. I love Hendon Hooker. Um, I think he's a very talented player. If he was um, – I ran a poll on Twitter not too long ago that got a lot of votes that I knew the poll, how it was going to go, but I wanted to just see. And I asked if Anthony Richardson and Hendon Hooker were the same age and completely healthy, who would you rather have? And 69% chose Anthony Richardson, which I expected him to win. But I really just wanted to see how many people would choose Hendon Hooker. And the 31% did not surprise me at all because there's a lot of people that love Hendon Hooker, but the pause is his age. Um, but in the NFL, he's 25. Bro, if he plays till he's 37, is that not worth a draft pick? I, I think the best of Hendon Hooker would be looking at something like Geno Smith. Yeah, quality quality starter, but not a guy that you really draft to build around. Um, so, which is why he's a back half of the first round, second round type of player. Um, the injury gives me concern um, with his age because he's not going to really be able to play this year. Um, even if he wanted him to, he's not going to be able to take in practice snaps for a while. Uh, as as well as Hendon Hooker under pressure is big bad. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the numbers. Uh, he took something like is is like twenty seven uh, sacks. I forget the exact number. Is uh, dude holds onto the ball a while. Um, and and I get people make fun of him for the offense, but as he said at the combine, you know, like what do you, you expect me not to throw to a wide open Jalen Hyatt forty yards down the field? So I, I feel him there, but. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how this draft shakes out. Uh, there's a lot of Hendon Hooker smoke in the first round right now. We'll see what comes, as well as a lot of Will Levis may fall uh, smoke right now. We'll see how how, fall he, how far he falls. But uh, I think the Jaguars are in a good spot. And, uh, you know, I, I think that even in the second and third round, there's some, there's some quality names there that could be starters for the Jaguars. You know, I they don't have the draft capital to, pull, to unfortunately to pull it off because of previous moves. The name that I love for Hendon Hooker is the Denver Broncos. Um, 
because he wouldn't have to play for a while. He's a uh, lot better fit for that offense than Russell. Yeah, but so they have quarterbacks settled for right now, okay? But, you know, before he got injured, um, in his last season with Sean Payton, Jameis Winston had 14 uh, touchdowns to three picks before he got hurt in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, so – I would golly, they they have two third round picks like early back to back, but that's their first selections of the draft is like at sixty seven. Um, but that is a team that I think would be a perfect setup for Indian Hooker would be to go to Denver if they had any way to pull it off, which I don't. They just don't, unfortunately. Um, I think Sean Payton is the perfect coach for him to go to. He wouldn't have to play right away. He could rehab. He could get healthy, and then you know, get the keys turned over to him. Uh, kind of like a Geno Smith situation. I mean, could he take over for Russ when he's 27 and give you five or six really good years? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it's going to be interesting. I'm so interested. I I want to I want to place a bet so bad on DraftKings on what team I think will take in and Hooker. But I legitimately feel like it's wasting money right now because I there's no clear path for him. Um, Seattle's done their due diligence on him because they've met with every quarterback because where they're sitting, they could potentially take one. Um, even though they did resign Geno and Drew Locke. Um, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, they could still they could per- potentially take a guy like Hendon and just sit him for this year, maybe IR him for the whole season and roll with who they've got and then go from there. But it's it's so interesting. And I think that's my favorite. That's my favorite storyline. I think I think my favorite storylines for the first round outside of who who do the Jags take is probably where does Hendon Hooker end up? Does he go in the first round? And who who takes B. John Robinson? That's another one that I'm just so interested to see where he ends up. I hope he doesn't end up in the AFC South. I uh, hope he ideally doesn't even end up in the AFC at all. That'd be great if he could just go, go to Philly or, you know, and not have to face him. Uh, but where B. John ends up, how early does he go and where does Hendon end up or probably my favorite non Jags first round storylines to follow. Mine would be, where does Will Levis go? I think that that that's really interesting right now. I I think that that'll give kind of a a telling as to how the, the rest of the draft will shake out. Um, Because if he goes, if he goes four, okay, you know, you know what, you know what's coming after that. It's going to be O-line and edge rushers for the next like, Eight picks. If he goes four and Anthony Richardson's available, it goes trade up because somebody's coming to get Anthony Richardson. Yeah, well, uh, I, I expect the Cardinals will probably trade down. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. I hope it does just for the chaos of it. And um, I just – I have this feel – I don't know why, but I would love to see Jim Ursay take Will Levis because I don't know why, but I feel like he would not work out in Indy, which would be great. Um, we're going to be – Trevor Lawrence is 23 years old. And he's going to be the oldest quarterback in the division potentially next year. Yeah, it's going to be scary. <laughs> because there's a there's still a chance that maybe if the Titans can grab somebody, do they not go ahead and get their guy for the future? I um, think it I, would be smart. I think they're they're already out on Malik Willis. Um, yeah, I feel like he fell to him, and they kind of like were like, oh, I mean, he was projected to maybe be a first round pick. We should take him. Yeah. Um, but you know, Tannehill is not going to win you a Super Bowl. He's not even to me a good enough game manager to win you a Super Bowl. Yeah, he he's not 
even as good as he was two years ago. So. Yeah, so you, you've got to address that for the future. I mean, if Will Levis falls to pick 11, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he's a Tennessee Titan. I think you have to take him. Um, yeah, and then you're in a situation where the Jags are literally – Trevor Lawrence is, is the elder statesman of the AFC South at quarterback, if that happens. The veteran. Even though he, even though he looks still like he's 15 years old in the face, um, even if 2021 didn't give him too many wrinkles. Um but God, it, it's exciting. We are we're 21 days away as the time of this recording. Aaron Beasley days. If you're following my countdown, which the Jaguars totally copied my countdown, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that, um, but I don't think they did one last year with jersey numbers, and I did, and I'm doing it again this year. Now they're doing it, and I'm pretty sure the Jags got, which is fine. You know, I don't I don't own the copyrights to Jaguars former players, um, but tomorrow will be Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Ernest Wilford will be after that. Uh, and then, of course, Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Um, <laughs> because I have no choice but to put the Cocaine Cowboy at jersey number 18. Who's uh, 17? No, uh, Evan Ingram will be 17. Um, it could have been someone else. Um, there were some other options for 17. Um, Cleo Lemons, was he 17? So, uh, Pro Football Reference has a really cool feature where you can see every player to wear a jersey number for a team ever. Oh, that's neat. Uh, so, 17, uh, DJ Chark. Yep. Cleo Lemon. I had it. Uh, okay. Uh, Evan Ingram. Uh, are you, are, are you Ben? I don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm saying Aurelius that. Ben. Yeah, Aurelius Ben. Um, obviously 16 will be Trevor Lawrence. People last year didn't even bat an eye when I did Denard Robinson. They didn't even say anything. Uh, and then uh, 15 will either be Gardner Minshew or Allen Robinson. I haven't decided yet. Uh, and then you get into 14. It's got to be Justin Blackman. It's too funny not to. Uh, you know. Rash- Rashad Green at 13. I can't think of another 13. Christian Kirk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He saves us there from having to do Quan Crosby. <laughs> well, if- uh, but it's going to be interesting going down the countdown because um, there's some numbers where I literally am like, oh, my God, who were 12? And I'm going to have to fight. Like Danny Etling wore 12, and he was on our team for five seconds. Uh, might go Luke McCown, baby, for 12. Oh, good old Luke McCown. I forget he played here. Oh, yeah. Well, we play, him and Josh played everywhere, so yeah, it's not surprising. There's a good chance if you are an NFL team, You've one of the accounts has been your quarterback at one point. Well, I think that's it for us today. You got anything else for us? Go Jags. Go Jags, yeah. Yeah, that's- it's draft season, man, and we're not – and we're picking at 24. That this means, is my Christmas. Yeah, that means that there were only seven teams better than us. Yeah, because we're missing a team, right? 25. Yeah, and we're looking down on the lowly 23 other suckers that have to pick before us and decide whether, oh, what quarterback should we take? Well, guess what? We got one already, and he is a golden locked goddess. Well, even though he's not a woman, but he's, he's, you know, he is what it is. All right. And he, (laughs) dude, we've got an electric offense. We have some holes to fill, but we are in such a cool place to be. Um, we're going to have all teenagers at quarterbacks in our division next year other than Trevor Lawrence. And um, good luck stopping number zero, Calvin Ridley. 
Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram in another contract year who will probably ball out again, uh, maybe even produce more touchdowns than he did in 2022 because in the red zone, everyone's going to be horrified of what Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk are going to do to him. And don't forget that Zay Jones also ate in the red zone last year. Don't forget uh, that other guy that plays running back a little bit. Yeah, he's okay. I heard he's got a brother that's pretty good too. Um, yeah. yeah, so next year is going to be – if we can – if, if we stay healthy on the O-line and left guard gets figured out, that offense is going to be really, really hard to stop. Um, you know, less settling for field goals inside the 35-yard line, um, less having to make comebacks at the end, you know, scoring consistently early in games. Um, get some pass rush, add a corner, sure up left guard. We'll be in good shape. And we'll be in some really, really good shape. Uh, in a schedule that is tougher than 2022, but not overly terrifying. A lot of those really tough games are at home. I think Kansas City comes to us. I think Cincinnati comes to us. Uh, we do have to go to Buffalo. Hopefully that's like in September. Uh, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, freezing our nays off in, in late December in Buffalo. Um, but no, it, it's fun. I can't wait for it to get here. You know, I'm, you and I are both big draft nerds, even when we're not talking about our team. Um Daniel and I are the only losers that send each other text about draft, mock drafts we do for other teams, strictly because we have a problem. I do the entire AFC South quite often. So, um, Detroit. Detroit is my favorite one right now. <laughs> that 18th pick, man, I am so intrigued by that 18th pick. Uh, so, dude, it, it's a fun time, and I can't wait for it to get here. I feel like it's going so slow. Um, I need the next 20 days to pass by very quickly so that we can finally get to – for me, the funnest sporting event in America every year. Um, I'm not going to watch the World Series. My basketball team is average AF, so I won't be watching the NBA Finals. I watch Super Bowl because it's the Super Bowl, and every four years I will live and die with the World Cup. But other than that, this is this is it for me. This is the tops as far as sporting events go in America. Uh, it's a ton of fun, and I am – ready to see who's on the board at 24 with that i will call it tonight i bid you all adieu and uh, as always do volta we pod <laughs>